You are listening to The Tish with Rabbi Michael Nam, a Jcast Network podcast. For more information about Rabbi Michael Knopf, please visit MikeKnopf.com. For more information about other Jcast Network podcasts and blogs, please visit JcastNetwork.org. Good morning. Good morning. It Booker. is Booker, Booker Or. It's uh, really nice to uh, be back learning with you. I, um, I, I, uh, I missed learning with you last week. and You uh, noticed that. Uh, no, I mean, not only was I not, did I miss being here, I, I missed you, emotionally missed you. That's what I, um, so we're going to uh, continue today in the ninth chapter of the Torah Devorah, and I'd like to uh, dedicate our learning this morning to the uh, memory of Rabbi Gerald Wolpe, um, and uh, I know that he was uh, a, a, an essential part of uh, the lives of many of the people around this table. I unfortunately never had the opportunity to get to know him, although um, I have gotten to know him through his uh, through his children. Uh, uh, Rabbi David was my uh, teacher in uh, Los Angeles. Um, I, I had a chance to learn from uh, from Paul just uh, recently at the Rabbinical Assembly Convention and other times, uh, and and of course uh, Danny as well. Um, and uh, you know, and, and if it's true that the uh, apples don't far fall from the tree, um, that uh, that the generations that follow have uh, some uh, uh, measure of their father in them, then I can only uh, imagine what an, what uh, what what an incredible uh, man and rabbi Rabbi Wolpe was. Um, and uh, so I hope that this uh, that this learning can uh, uh, can can give uh, um, some credit to uh, to his memory, and I hope his memory. Uh, for his family and for this congregation continues to be a blessing. Okay, so in the Hebrew, uh, again, we're at the bottom of page Kufnun Bet, and what uh, what he's going to suggest here, and I think this is really an important thing, we haven't really uh, come to it yet, uh, although we've, we've skirted around it a couple of times, is uh, the the, cent- the centrality of the, uh, of the fear of God. Uh, in Hebrew, Yerat Hashem. Um, maybe fear of God, and this is, he's going to go on to say, maybe fear isn't the right translation of that word, um, because, uh, um, you know, fear implies uh, the, uh, the, the, the fear of pain, and that, that, uh, that um, you know, cowering before uh, um, uh, something that's going to inflict pain on you. And I think that the, the better sense um, is, uh, is reverence or respect. Um, awe, maybe, of God. Um, because here's what he says. There's another element of the, of the virtue of malchut, of, of sovereignty or kingship. That's a very important quality. Right, from, among, uh, from among the service of the whole. And that is to fear or to respect or to revere uh, to be in awe of uh, uh, the uh, honored and and uh, awesome God. Right, but uh, fear actually is very dangerous. Because it can uh, because it can make it can it can cause uh, errors in behavior or in thought. Right, it can allow the outside ones. 
Right? In other words, um, the outside ones is, uh, we actually uh, looked at this when we were studying uh, um, the Tivot Shalom on Passover. The outside ones are, are sort of uh, these uh, personified um, uh, uh, evil forces. In other words, um, it, can, it can lead you to do bad things right? uh, if you fear God in the wrong way. So, he's, so that's what he's going to say. He's going to start right about, about what's the proper fear of God. Right, because if a person is afraid of, uh, of, uh, of afflictions, or of death, or of hell, that is a, a fear that's uh, been co-opted by these external forces. In other words, you're not actually afraid of God. Right? You're afraid of death, you're afraid of punishment, you're afraid of all those things. Right? It's, not, it's not an actual uh, reverence or respect for, for God, it's, it's fear of the side effects of not following God. Right? So, we, this actually, it's, uh, you know, I guess, coincidental, or depending on your theology, uh, um, uh, divine providence, uh, that, uh, that we're looking at this now, because the, the Parsha that we're reading this week, Parshat Bihar uh, Bechukotai, uh, specifically Bechukotai, um, lists out all of the, uh, all of the you know, warnings of punishments that will befall the Jewish people if they don't follow the covenant with, uh, with, with God. Um, and uh, a lot of the rabbis are, are very uncomfortable with that, uh, with, 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 with that section, so much so that when we read it, on Saturday morning, we'll read it very quickly and in a very hushed tone. Um, and the rabbis were uncomfortable with it uh, for a couple of reasons. The first is because, frankly, it uh, it, it doesn't appear to be to be borne by reality, right? Uh, so we see all the time that uh, that that evil people uh, prosper and wicked people, I mean, and and, uh, and good people suffer. And there doesn't seem to be a direct correlation, at least that we can perceive, between the good deeds that we do and a reward for them, or the bad things that uh, that we might do or other people might do and a punishment for them. So that's part of the problem with it. Um, but additionally, Maimonides uh, raises an, an, another problem, which is which is to say that uh, um, that, uh, that that it's actually. Uh, um, uh, he 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 raises the language of childish, right? It's childish um, to uh, to only uh, uh, be committed to the covenant because of a fear of punishment for it, uh, and that uh, and that true service of God uh, doesn't come from the fear of punishment. It comes from um, uh, uh, respect uh, for the for the um, for um, respect for God, uh, but ultimately for love of God. So the, the the real motivation for so you you know when, so he says well when you teach a a five year old about what you know about why to observe the commandments you can say things like well you know it's a, a you know reward and punishment good and evil or you should be a, you know uh, that's you can I mean I don't think that that's actually a great pedagogy I would disagree I guess with my Maimonides but maybe it's a different time um, so by the time you get older by the time you get to be an adult right, by the time you get to be mature you should start realizing that that's not that should that oughtn't be the primary motivation for observing the commandments right? and so that's what he's saying here he's saying that um, uh, that that uh, that uh, that in order to uh, um, to to serve God you shouldn't do it because you're afraid of uh, punishment right? all those all those things are not uh, are don't really even come from God 
right? They're they're the pro- product of, of of evil forces that are inherent in the world. Omnam hayira haikarit liyirat Hashem v'hushiachshov bishoshad varim. Okay, so the the essence of real reverence or real uh, awe is in three things. Ha'echad liyot gedulato shol yoter akol akol nimsa. Right, that you should. Um, uh, uh, um, uh, know that the greatness of the Creator is greater than all the created things. In other words, it's to see um, how great God is in comparison to everything that we uh, know. Right? To imagine that, or to to understand the fact that that uh, that that we created entities in the world. Right? That the Creator has to be greater than the created. Reality. Vahare Adam Yare Min Haari Min Hadov, right? And also that God is more powerful than than everything in existence. Vahare Adam Yare Min Haari, right? A human being would be afraid of a lion, Min Hadov, he would be afraid of a bear, Min Haanas, he would be afraid of uh, um, uh, the robber, it says. Yeah, this one. The robber, Min Haish. Mean hamapolet, right? You would be afraid of a human. We'd be we're afraid of fire. We're afraid of uh, of, uh, of of earthquakes. The elu hem shluchim ktanim, right? These are uh, 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 small messengers of the divine, right? These are God's creations. Velama lo yiram min hamelch agadol v'yeb hachdo al panav migdulato, right? And so, how much the more so should a person be? Uh, 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 reverent of God, respectful of God, right, in awe of God's power, right, and 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 uh, and um, and and His fear should be ever present because of God's greatness. How could a person sin before such a great master? Right, if right, if I were to uh, uh, pick a fight with a bear. The bear would eat me. Right, so we we say to ourselves, you know, we 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 understand the fact that God is patient and compassionate and abides our transgression. Right, so you know, like we were throwing rocks at a bear, right? The bear would come and eat us. But through our negative behavior, as it were, we throw rocks at God all the time, right? And so we say to ourselves, well, you know. Uh, he's suggesting, right? Well, God is compassionate. God is patient, right? And so we we deceive ourselves into into thinking that uh, that 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 God doesn't care about what we do. Be, we confuse God's patience and compassion for a uh, for a, 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 a lack of will to respond. Right. So should I not fear God's greatness? Just because God has given me this gift of being patient and compassionate, Hasheni, Ka'asher Tamid, Right. The second thing is that God's always watching, right? and even if you, even if that's not true, right? To uh, which I don't know if he's making a a, 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 a truth claim here, a fact claim here. But I think he's saying making a, a statement about disposition. Right, so our disposition in the world should be that uh, that we that there's always that we're that we're never in private, 
right? And I think that we behave differently, most of us, when we're in public and when we're in private. Because when we're public, right, we, you know, there's certain social norms, we don't want people to judge us, right? Um, right? But many people act so differently in private that they even do very bad things in private, right? Things that they would never do in public. Right? So it's easier today, right? Uh, you know, you can uh, you don't have to rob a bank. You can you can you know um, hack bank accounts on the internet, and it's in private, right? <laughs> Steve, <laughs> we have we have we have uh, software to prevent that. Yeah. <laughs> Sometimes um, you just you just trade uh, derivatives, right? So so one of the <laughs> For two billion dollars, do do yeah. I don't want to bring this up again. But if this this statement, the greatness of the Creator is above all existing things. Mm-hmm. When I raised the question of omnipotence, mm-hmm. you discussed discussed it from the standpoint of not really agreeing with that. <coughs> but this says this says it. This is what it's saying. <coughs> I, I don't. I so I, I, I hear your point, but I, I don't agree that that's what it's saying. I think that making a statement that God is more powerful than other creations, um, or that God is the source of all um, all existence, isn't a statement of omnipotence. It's a statement of extreme potence, right? But not necessarily um, omnipotence. Right? Omnipotence means that God has all, all the power. powerful. Right, um, but I don't think this is saying that God is all powerful. It's just saying relationally, God is much more powerful. Um, so I, I I don't know, and I'm not sure he has the language for uh, omnipotence. I haven't seen that language come up yet. I mean, the the truth is that the Bible itself doesn't have ling- have have a word for omnipotence. It has language for uh, I don't even know if it really. I mean, it has language for power. Um, although it's interesting. I mean, like the um, you know the. Uh, uh, Zechariah, the prophet Zechariah, I believe that's right, says, you know, lo b'chayel v'lo b'choach ki'im beruchi, right? That, uh, that uh, um, not through might, not through power, but through my breath, right? So the, the, the Bible doesn't really have a word for, for uh, omnipotence. It has a word for power, um, oz, koach, things like that. Um, but, but, uh, but, but ultimately, actually, it, um, it, it doesn't really talk about God using um, coercive power uh, in the sense that we think of when we think of omnipotence. Most of God's well, you power... you use the word coercive. Uh, and, uh, and I don't think omnipotence and coerciveness is, are the same. Uh, and the omnipotence is his ability to do anything. No, omnipotence means not only the ability to do anything, but the but but the um, but the control over everything. Right? Omnipotence implies that all power in the world in the cosmos is God's. That's right. right? So that means that anything that happens, right, is the product <laughs> of God's power. It's not the it's not the capability of using that power because if God has the capability of using that power and doesn't use that power, then God doesn't have all that power. Hmm? No, I, that, that doesn't make sense. I, that exactly. I I I I, I think that omnipotence is is all powerful. And that is exactly exactly what we learn. That God is Ralph. I hate to differ with you, but if if you're going to have free will, then I don't know that there can be omnipotence. Well, but that, we're talking about God. God gave us free will. 
Well, but then he but, clearly doesn't claim up there. Yes. No, but he's given it away. If he had it at all, he's given it away. No, no, I don't think. I don't Just think free will and omnipotence are the same. No, free will and omnipotence are not the same. And no. I think that's what Lou's saying. Lou's saying by virtue of the fact that human beings have free will, it means that if God at one point had omnipotence, the fact that humans have freedom to do what they what they want without God intervening. Right, means that God has limited God's power. And a limitation of power, because God doesn't, interv- in, uh, doesn't interfere with free will, a limitation of power, by definition, uh, uh, diminishes omnipotence. It's no longer omni if there's a limitation. Why is there a limitation, though? I don't, That's what I don't understand. I Just because you have it and don't use it doesn't mean it's limited. That's right. You know, you know where this discussion's going? Nowhere. Nowhere. It's the tree in the forest. <laughs> <laughs> you got an outlet on the wall. If that outlet protect, has the potential to provide power, but the image of that having power is in your mind. Till you plug it in that delivers power, you haven't got it. And I think we're talking here about omnipotence in the sense of potential. That's what I think. I think that's a distinction here. You're looking at it from the standpoint of potential, and you're looking from the standpoint of execution. And it's the old story. In other words, uh, the tree fell down. Nobody heard it. So did the tree fall down? Who knows? Uh, we're, we're dealing with images here. Also, I think that in, in the Hasidic... I stand uh, in, in respect of your knowledge. <laughs> And, and I and 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 I and I stand and I stand in respect of your knowledge and your opinion too. I mean, these are these are issues that have been debated by philosophers for centuries. I'm not sure if we'll resolve it at this breakfast table. Uh, <laughs> you know, what I, I wanted to, to say is that in the Hasidic uh, thought, um, creation comes as an act of generosity on, on God's part when God contracts it, God's self making room for for creation. So in that act, God limits God's self for creation. That's Hasidic philosophy. That, that's uh, neither here nor there in terms of if, you, if we like it or not. But uh, I think that's basic in this conversation, that uh, God is limiting God's uh, potential, God's power to for creation to be. Well, does a court of arrows based on... Hasidic. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Well, there, 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 there are. There's a. There, the Hasidic thought is based on Kabbalah, uh, but not not all Kabbalah is Hasidic. Although most Hasidut is based on Kabbalah, right? So there's. So, so Tomer Devora isn't Hasidic, but he's based on. He's be, before there's such a thing as Hasidut, but uh, but the the same source material, right? Uh, and and. So that's anyway. We're not going to resolve this issue now, and and I'm 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 aware I'm aware of the time, but uh, I just want to finish this paragraph at least. Can we finish this paragraph? So, um, um, so Hasheni Kasher Yidameh Hashkachatot Tamid Shehut Sofeu Mabitbo. Right, that uh, that God is watching everything, and we should um, um, consider ourselves as always being watched. And how would our behavior change if we were always aware of the fact that uh, that we were never alone? 
right? A, a servant is uh, is uh, uh, fearful in the same way of his master, who's uh, when, when he's always in his presence. Right, in the same way, a human being is always before the Creator, and God's eyes are watching uh, all of His ways. Right, uh, so um, he should be uh, always kind of uh, uh, cautious and um, and and, uh, and and fearful that that he's fulfilling God's command. Because right? you can't hide it. kol hanishamot that God is the source of all uh, of all souls. The chulam mushrashot bisfirotav. Right, and all souls are rooted in God's spirit uh, and God's virtues. Vachote pogem hechalo. Right, and a, a sin uh, causes a flaw in God's palace. Right, in other words, negative behavior. Because we are all connected to God, sin, negative behavior, impacts God negatively. Right? Which is a profoundly, I think, radical statement. Right? That that what we do, for good or ill, impacts God. And so our fear of God, our, our reverence of God, our respect for God, I guess this is a, why that's a better term here, our respect for God means we wouldn't want to do any, we shouldn't want to do anything that would hurt God. Sorry. Right? So you're going to, um, as where he uses the language of uh, dirtiness, right? So you're going to like smear mud all over the king's palace, right? With your, with your uh, um, bad behavior. Right, so again, another manner, uh, another um, uh, element of our behavior having uh, impacts for good or ill on on the divine, um, because our uh, negative behavior can cause God's presence to uh, to uh, to to um, to be pushed away from above, and we should be fearful um, that our uh, negative behavior would um, uh, would cause the love of the king to separate from the queen. In other words, remember the the image of uh, um, the divine in the spherot. The the higher spherot are the are the masculine, the uh, lower sefirah, the, the uh, malchut or shchina is the feminine, right? And so our behavior in this world, in this in this world, in this lower realm, right, can um, can cause those things to those entities to separate, right? Can cause uh, can cause, um, and that's why um, uh, 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 in the Hasidic tradition and, and before that in the Kabbalistic tradition, uh, in performing a mitzvah, we say things like l'shem yichud kuchabrichu shchintei, right? That when we do this, we are forming a connection between the higher aspects of God and the lower aspects of God, and we're making God whole by doing it. And so, conversely, when we do a negative action, we keep those entities. Elements of God separate. Right, so this kind of fear is that which puts man on the right path for the perfection of this quality, and by means of it, 
he cleaves to it, right? Now, I think that who davekba is a little bit ambiguous here. I think that this is a way that uh, that uh, we cling to God, and the way that we keep God clinging to God's self. We keep God whole. We keep God connected. Right? The whole point, and this is related to what Rabbi Rosenwasser was saying about Simsum, about God contracting God's self um, in, uh, in in creating the world. The task in the Kabbalistic, Kabbalistic tradition of human behavior is to restore oneness to the cosmos. right? To put God back together, to put the world back together. That's where the, this terminology um, in the, really in the way we use it of Tikkun Olam ultimately comes from. Tikkun Olam comes from the rabbinic tradition um, originally, but the way it gets used in terms of repairing the world in a cosmic sense uh, comes from the Kabbalistic tradition. And that's, and that's what it's saying here, right? Our, 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 our uh, reverence of God should be, um, if God is symbolic of oneness and, and unity, right? Shema Yisrael Adonai Eloheinu Adonai Echad, right? Then our respect for God is a respect for God's oneness, which means we should be doing everything possible to restore oneness to the world and oneness to the cosmos. Right? So the so it's not a matter of okay, well if I don't you know if I don't keep kosher, I'm going to get a lightning bolt hitting me. That's not the right kind of fear, right? Um, the right kind of fear is I you know I I need to perform this mitzvah because it's going to make me more whole. It's going to restore a, a, a whole relationship between me and God. And it's going to enable for more wholeness in, uh, in the world and in the universe. Okay, we'll, I guess, stop there. Uh, we'll continue with Chapter 9 next week. And have a great day. Yes. Thank you.